My name is Malika Mohotra, and you're listening to BLA's podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about MLK, his values, his accomplishments, and his everlasting impact. Martin Luther King Jr., originally named Michael Luther King Jr., was born on January 15, 1929, in Auburn Avenue of Atlanta. From a young age, King was taught the importance of spiritual practice, which played a critical role in his beliefs and values. As his father was a pastor, King and his siblings would regularly recite the Bible, and his grandmother would often tell stories of the Bible to them. When he was six, King became friends with a white boy across the street. They eventually started school, in segregated buildings of course. Soon after, the white boy's parents stopped allowing King to play with his friend, simply saying, we are white, you are colored. It was here when King was quickly schooled on the harsh reality of racial segregation in the South. His parents talked to him about the history of slavery, and King said, enraged, he would hate every white person. However, his parents told him to love your neighbor and follow these Christian values, which really shows how his values and upbringing deeply impacted his ideals of nonviolence. Growing up, King witnessed his father stand up to racial discrimination time and time again. In fact, King's father himself led hundreds of African Americans on a protest to fight against voting rights discrimination. Along with this, King immersed himself in his church as he sang in the church choir, and he began to play piano, violin, and sing opera. As he grew up, King also garnered a huge vocabulary, and he often used it to get his way out of fights. Unfortunately, in 1941, his grandmother passed away, and King took this news extremely close to heart and even attempted suicide. His family moved to a different location in Atlanta to cope with the loss. King King attended Booker T. Washington High School. If you don't know, Booker T. Washington was also a black rights activist who argued education and job training would garner African Americans the tools to be respected and gain their rights. It was during this time that he joined the school debate team and was recognized for his public speaking skills. In his junior year, he gave his first public speech where he described that black America still wears the chains of slavery, and he won a speech. It was quite infuriating then that on the ride home, him and his teacher were ordered by the bus driver, in quite derogatory terms, to stand so that other white passengers could sit. As intelligent as he was, he became accepted to Morehouse College although he was just a senior. The summer before he went to college, he traveled to the North and was astonished as he noticed the stark differences between the North and the South. King planned to be a minister and graduated from Morehouse with a BA in sociology at just 19 years old. He then enrolled in Crozier Theological Seminary to continue his education. It was here that he fell in love with a white woman and he even planned to marry her but his friends advised against the interracial marriage and the reaction it would cause. He continued to have feelings for her long after they broke up. In 1951, he 
he began, he began his doctoral studies in systematic theology at Boston University. He became friends with ministers of his age, such as Reverend Michael Haynes, and the two became close friends who discussed not only theology, but also social issues. It was here that he also married Coretta Scott, and they became parents of four children. In March 1955, Claudette Colvin, a 15-year-old black schoolgirl, refused to give up her seat on the bus. King was on the committee that looked into the case, and he and other activists decided to wait to pursue the case because she was a minor. Later, when Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat, Edie Nixon, Parks, and King led the Montgomery bus boycott, which lasted for 365 days. King most definitely faced backlash, as his house was bombed and he was arrested during his campaign. The boycott ended with a court ruling ending bus discrimination, and the boycott also allowed King to become a national figure for the civil rights movement. In 1957, King and other notable civil rights activists found this, founded the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, which encouraged black churches to organize nonviolent protests. Inspired by Mahatma Gandhi's ideas of civil disobedience and nonviolent protests, King and other activists formed the Gandhi Society for Human Rights, with King being the figurehead of the group. They wrote sentiments to President Kennedy to declare the Second Emancipation Proclamation to quicken the slow and aggravating pace of civil rights, but Kennedy did not execute the order. It was at this time that the FBI began tracking King's telephone line to try to incriminate him, as they were fearful of the civil rights movement, and to their dismay, they didn't find anything. Among students, especially college students, protesting was widespread, as college students in Alabama organized sit-ins to urge desegregation of businesses and restaurants. They asked King to join us in to draw more attention to the movement, and despite being among many arrested that day, the plan worked. King was really shortly after pressure from Kennedy himself. In 1961, a compromise was made that lunch counters and schools would be desegregated, and students were outraged at the slow pace of change, but King gave an impassioned speech to help calm these tensions. The SCLC then participated in the Albany Movement, which was a pre-existing movement in Albany, Alabama, that attacked all aspects of segregation. After a year of protests with little to no results, people grew disheartened and the movement died down, and King was flamed by the media for the defeat. After this campaign, King became involved with movements that were more manageable for his reputation, per se. In April 1963, the SCLC began a campaign against racial segregation in Birmingham, Alabama, and they used nonviolent yet confrontational tactics to draw more attention. It succeeded in getting the media's attention, as there was clear backlash, as white police officers used high-pressured water jets and police dogs against the protesters. This was the first time many non-protesters and white Americans saw the injustices behind the movement. Despite King getting arrested for the 17th time out of his total 29 arrests, the campaign succeeded 
and many Jim Crow laws in the area were relaxed or removed. It was also in jail that MLK wrote his Letter from Birmingham, which was a response to the call for civil rights through purely legal change. He argued that the current legal system had fallen to racism, point to Jim Crow laws, and that illegal yet civil disobedience was necessary for change. He even referenced the Boston Tea Party to support his point. Then came the March on Washington in 1963, where King and other notable activists from organizations such as the NAACP marched to end segregation in schools and racial discrimination in the workplace, protect civil rights workers from police brutality, and create a $2 minimum wage for all workers, which is equivalent to $17 in 2019. At least 250,000 people of diverse backgrounds and ethnicities partook in this demonstration, making it an overwhelming success. It was here that King delivered his famous I Have a Dream speech, in which he spoke of his dream of a United States void of segregation and racism. In December of 1964, King and the SELC joined forces with the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee or the SNCC, in Selma, Alabama, to acquire voting rights. They planned to march the state's capital, except at the first attempt at the march, where King was not present due to church obligations, resulted in mob and police violence against the protesters. King and others who saw the footage of brutality were enraged and King met with officials of the Johnson administration to request an order against prosecution of the demonstrators. King then led a second march to the state capitol, and Johnson responded by supporting a voting rights bill. In 1968, King went to Memphis, Tennessee in support of black sanitary public works employees. On April 3rd, King addressed a rally and delivered his I've Been to the Mountaintop address at Mason Temple. King's flight to Memphis had been delayed due to a bomb threat against his plane. In an almost prophetic manner, King delivers his last speech, in which he says, I just want to do God's will, and he's allowed me to go to the mountain, and I've looked over, and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we, as a people, will get to the promised land. When he got to his motel room that night, he was shot by James Earl Ray, who was sentenced to 99 years of imprisonment. Immediately after his assassination, there were race riots all over the country, and it took a while to pacify the outrage. King's leadership contributed to the overall success of the civil rights movement and continues to impact civil rights movements in the present. While King and other leaders generated momentous strides for equality, the push for civil rights remains a preeminent challenge today. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I'm really glad that I was able to speak about MLK in this week where we talk about black activists and leaders. And I'd say that while listening to this podcast is one step in the positive direction, I encourage you guys to do your own research to learn not just about MLK,
but other hidden leaders behind the civil rights movement, like Claudette Colvin. To be honest, I didn't really know much about her until I did this research. And just remember that civil rights was for all, and so it can't possibly be a one-man movement. So aside from that, uh, again, hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, if you have any queries or any comments about our podcast or you want to help work on it with us, be sure to DM us at, at Black Leaders Achievers. No capitalizations or spellings. Again, that's at Black Leaders Achievers. Thank you.